Welcome to Full of Zeal. I'm Joshua Hansen, and I'm excited uh, to have a special guest and new friend today, Al Purvis, on the podcast. Yeah, good to be with you, Joshua. Looking forward to what God's gonna, <laughs> you know, speak through us, right? Yeah, yeah. come on. And uh, we've been we've been talking for uh, probably the last 15, 20 minutes, and we've missed some good conversation pieces, but. <laughs> <laughs> It's okay because God knows exactly what people need yeah. when they need it, right? Exactly. Uh, yeah. Exactly. So Al is um, the founder of Victory Asia, and uh, he's doing some incredible things on the missions field. And and mm. uh, yeah, why why don't you share a bit about what you're doing? Part of your heart, what yeah. got you there? Well, I think the backstory is always always good because for me anyway, I like to know where people are coming from. And it was 19, well, the early 80s, late 70s, that, of course, the Vietnam War had ended, hmm. you know, in Southeast Asia. And there were a lot of refugees pouring into the cross Cambodia. Cambodia was a wreck. Laos was a wreck. And they were coming into Thailand. And there was 100,000 orphans at that point in refugee camps in Thailand. So we went over there with a vision to rescue orphans, right? And... Um, I think it's something God dropped in our heart is to have a family, not like an institution, right? So the point would be that we wouldn't have a whole lot. We ended up with 33 kids. We intended on having 15, hmm. um, but there's there's so many. <laughs> and but, but I love that because right in there, Joshua, there's a, a powerful principle that we can use in our lives. As one little couple, we went from Grand Prairie, Alberta, to Thailand <clears throat> to rescue orphans. There's no way you're going to pick up a hundred thousand orphans or do anything. I mean, maybe you could feed a pile of them. Right. Yeah. But what are you going to do in the long run to fix the problem? Hmm. And that requires salvation from Jesus, hmm. you know, empowerment by the Holy spirit and, and, and a sense of knowing the gift and the calling on your life for each person. Right. So we figured, okay, well, we'll we get a, a smaller group, raise them intensely in our family with a family vision and then from there it can spread out and it really has i bet you each one of our kids have reached as many or more kids than we have you know so that's in one generation and now we're starting to see the grandparent generation and so it just spreads out when we have uh christmas at our house in thailand if we're not careful 100 people will show up and that's only half of them you know wow uh so yeah. <laughs> that's know, a lot of gifts well that's what and, and that's the way things spread when you just pick it you know pick your battle right Right. And uh, so we did that. And really through that era, God really taught my wife and I how to be parents. Hmm. I mean, we had through the course of all that, we had four of our own kids and 27 others that were basically adopted. We actually had legal custody though. Hmm. And taught us how to, I mean, raising kids is, is a very challenging, very educational process. Yeah. <laughs> The parents learn more than the kids, and when you got thirty three, uh, it was it was crazy, right? But but we really did learn a lot, and then from there, God spoke to us and shifted us into there are orphaned people across the nations hmm. that are looking for a family, they're looking for a father and a mother, and so then in nineteen, I don't know what it was, ninety, just about two thousand, I guess, yeah, be about two thousand, we started the International Bible College in Thailand. And invited people to come. And they just came, found out about it somehow. It's just a God thing, you know. And people would come from the nations to study and be trained in Thailand. And then go back to their nation 
And our commitment with with them was, you know, guy comes from Pakistan, spends a year, two years in Thailand being trained. Then we're going to go back to Pakistan with you. Actually, I was just there a couple of weeks ago again. Cool. And uh, it's just so neat to see. We've got 29 churches in Pakistan now. And they're just on fire and mm. moving ahead like onward Christian soldiers. It's absolutely amazing mm. because of having a strategy and a plan that's one foot in front of the other, one foot in front of the other without ending. Mm. Like the apostolic thing is really, it, it's it's not just about being in there for the for the long haul. It's just it's about being in there permanently. Hmm. You know, <laughs> there's right. no time frame, right? Yeah. And people will ask you, though, know, like, how long are you going to be a missionary? Is it short term missionary, long term? No, no, no. <laughs> you know, we don't even feel like missionaries. We just went to a different place, hmm. right, to do what God had put in our hearts, and um, and out of that flows this whole thing. It, it looks like a great mission. But in truth, it's really five-fold ministry-based, home church, local church-based, right. develop the gifts and the people, the, the, the spirit of adoption that people can be adopted into a family. And, mm. uh, and at this point, I mean, originally with our kids, we call it the El Shaddai family, right? God, cool. the almighty one. Right? Yeah. <laughs> it was so good. And he came through for us, like El Shaddai, of course. Many, many miracles we saw in those days. And then now we call it the Victory Asia family. Mm where it's guys from all of the nations or many nations have come in and just part of the family. And it's so good to see them because not only um, do they look at Thailand and the, the platform that we have there is kind of the apostolic mom and dad of, of the thing, but they also look at each other as true brothers and sisters hmm. in the apostolic family. And there's something that's really, really powerful hmm. in that that solves, well, I'd say so many, so many leadership issues that we see um, in other places where they don't have that, you know, um, if you and I are brothers, like yeah. real brothers, then we can sort out anything. Hmm. Uh, a, a little divisive thing is not going to separate us, right? right. It's going to actually move us ahead. Hmm. And so, so that's a real, real key. The whole apostolic thing it begins with a father, right? It begins with the idea of a father. Right. Yeah. And then from there on, we've just carried on and done whatever, you know, God has put in front of us. Right. And it's actually pretty simple. You know? <laughs> <laughs> all of the the strategies and all of this i don't know what they are until i look back you know right <laughs> oh, okay that's how we did that yeah yeah and you can see the grace of god on it i mean it's mm. absolutely every move that we made you see later i mean we moved from bangkok a city of whatever it is 20 million people because it was stifling mm. congested you couldn't do anything in there and we moved out to the city of Siracha, which is famous for sauce, Sriracha sauce, right? Yeah. <laughs> and um, that's a little coastal city. It, okay. It's 80 kilometers or 100 kilometers from Bangkok. And then after that, they built a new international airport mm. on our side of the city. So we're like 59 minutes from home to the airport. And wow. all of this traveling that we're doing, it absolutely is necessary. Otherwise, it's two and a half hours to the old airport and things like that. I mean, who could have predicted that? Yeah. But God knows. Right. Mm. And then he puts us in a place where we can function a lot more, um, you know, realistically, a, a lot more efficiently, effectively, and then brings everything that we need to us. Mm. And so Thailand actually is a really, I mean, why Thailand? It was just because we heard of the need of orphans there after the war. But now when we look at it, it's a tremendous mm. uh, center point, you know, like right. kind of a head, head office kind of an idea. Yeah. Right. For the nations of, of Southeast Asia, particularly, and wow. all, all the way over to Pakistan, Nepal, and those places. So it's, yeah, pretty ideal. There's a lot of flying in and out, which makes flights a lot cheaper. 
that kind of stuff. So yeah, it's just been, yeah, <laughs> there we are. And here we are now. Right? Like, <laughs> That's incredible. And, and, and I, I, I love that too. Cause I think a lot of people would potentially look at what you you're doing and what you've done and be mm-hmm. like, what's the strategy to get there? Yeah. You know, where I, I, I don't know how much like you can plan for that. And no, 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 you you don't really, but but more than a strategy, because that's that is the the it's kind of a superficial question, really. Like that's oh, the surface sure. thing. If we could figure that out, then we could kind of replicate it. But there's a lot better questions that really reveal mm. how to get from where you are to where God wants you to be. Okay, you know, and so you start dealing with with those things, like why am I here? You know, right? Like, why do why do I exist? And um, because the truth is, as far as the process of getting to Thailand, we were probably second pick in just about everything. Hmm. You know, there was another couple that was preparing to go hmm. back in the beginning. Um, and we, Terry and I were asked just to raise funds hmm. for to set up this children's home. So we did. We took whatever it was, seven months or something like that, traveled around Alberta and Saskatchewan and, um, and raised, I think, $20,000 or whatever. We've never seen money like that. It was an absolute miracle in those days. And um, and to give to this couple to go to Thailand and to start this children's home. And that was as far as the vision went, right? Wow. Well, it turns out they had problems, hmm. couldn't go. So would you guys like to go? Oh, we've been talking about it for seven months. You know, like it's really got a hold of us now. You you, you start talking about, you know, what we're going to do. Well, pretty soon you're going to do it, right? Right. So that was, a, that was a real, real step ahead for us. So we went and we went for a year. We're hmm. going to set up this orphanage. And then we're going to come back to Canada. That we, we committed to our families. We'll be back in a year. And um, you don't you don't have kids. Put them in a home and think you're going to leave. <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah. But, but what I'm saying is we are so short-sighted. Mm. But God has so long-sighted, far-sighted, mm. that he sees the whole thing and he sees how to get us in. And my wife will still tell you today. She says, between God and Al, I'm not sure which one tricked me the most. <laughs> <laughs> end up spending my life in Asia. <laughs> Mother of 33 kids. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So so what what helps develop that long-term vision in us or um w- maybe a better question or what are the questions that we should be asking? To help get us there. Yeah, well, I think, Joshua, if you start with that, you know, like, why do I exist for what is, and really the answer to that, it becomes your calling, right? Like, mm. the only reason I exist is for my calling. <laughs> Otherwise, God doesn't need me here. Nobody <laughs> else needs me here, right? Right. And uh, and so that's that's a big thing. And to sort that out is is difficult and, and, and easy at the same time. Mm. Difficult because if we're thinking in terms of what is my calling going to do for me, it'll be really difficult to find it. You'll do all kinds of stupid things, you know, because it's all about you, right? Right. But if you really approach it from, like, honestly, from a sincere heart is, what is my calling going to provide for other people? Like, what is what is it going to do? What does God call me to do for other people? Hmm. And really, what it comes down to is whoever we're willing to join ourselves to. And that's the biggest sacrifice of our lives, because it means you're going to give up everything that you thought was a comfort or thought was important or whatever, right? Who am I going to join myself to? And and I see it like this. We've got these little kids um, 
in refugee camps that came from all these jungle situations. They're hill tribe kids in the mountains, right? They didn't even know what country they were from. They didn't have birth certificates or anything like that. Hmm. And they're they're in the, the rocks and the holes in the jungle, you know, <clears throat> and crying out to God, if there is a God, send someone to me. Hmm. That's a whole lot different than me saying, God, who are you going to send me to? Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's a different conversation. <laughs> it really is. And so when you respond to that, realizing that there somewhere there is somebody who's crying out to God, says, send someone to me. And that someone is you. Hmm. Like you're the one that needs to be that someone for those people. Hmm. It's not about your, the importance of your calling right. or your, or your fulfillment or your satisfaction. God will take care of that. He really does. I mean, we probably led the most satisfying life we could have ever lived, you know? Um, but it's because we were outward focused. Mm. And so when we think about these little kids, I mean, we didn't know who they were in the beginning. And we spent the first six months in Bangkok just praying in the upstairs of this house we rented, praying, just praying and praying and praying to get the right family built. And, and then God begins to make the connections and you discover that the thing that God has been doing in their lives was a preparation for God sending us to them. Like absolutely amazing stories. People that had seen kids, these little kids had seen visions of Jesus, telling them that you know that uh, He's going to prepare a place for them, uh, make a family for them, and and you're like, whoa, that is so so amazing. What an honor it is to be recognized by God as someone that He could put in that place, you know, and 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 to give care for these kids for their lives and set the direction for their lives and where they're going to go and what they're going to do. And yeah, it's, it's, um, it's quite a thing. The scriptural principle is that when we go to someone who doesn't know Christ and we connect ourselves to them, we join themselves, our job, go and live with them. Right. And this is really what missions is about is you put yourself in their place with them, hmm. right? Whatever they're eating, you're eating. And more importantly, whatever they're not eating, you're not eating. Right. And God comes through with his abundance and his supply and his blessing. Hmm. And he meets that need for both of you because you were there. Wow. And if you weren't there, he couldn't do it. Yeah. So, so you look at that and you say, man, oh man, God joined me to these people. You know, that, that's why Terry and I are so um, happy and delighted to have our house full of teenagers and young people and people from different nations and people that are just trying to get a hold of God and and you know they're in our house like all the time you know and they're they're cooking in our kitchen and we're eating together and all but that's where it happens right and so you know I know our western culture isn't like that but neither is asian culture hmm. but god culture is right and we've built that in the middle it's countercultural yeah. in the middle of, you know, whatever's going on there. People in Asia are just as selfish as people in the West, you know. Hmm. Uh, and they, they just, you know, lots of people wanting to get money, get rich and have the Mercedes Benz, you know. And that's great. Have a nice house, whatever. That's great. But when we are willing to give that up for the sake of joining ourselves to someone else hmm. so that God can come through for both of us. Wow. That's really where we see the miracles. Hmm. And yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's it. <laughs> well, and, and that feels more like a question of response. Like I'm mm -hmm. responding to to something that the Lord's put in front of me rather than I'm looking to do something with my life and where does it fit? And it's like, right, right. 
It, which I, I, I wonder how much the Lord leads us like that versus the, I, in, in our selfishness, what do I want to right, do? Right. You know? In Acts 11, it says that Jesus was anointed by the Holy Spirit and he went about doing good. Hmm. I don't think it gets any more complicated than that. Right? Yeah, he was yep. anointed, by, and what did he do? He went about doing good. Hmm. And if you're anointed by the Holy Spirit, you don't have to listen for God to tell you where to go or what to do. You have to look and see where there's an opportunity for you to bring Christ and bring the gospel into that situation. And and that's really here's the best way to tell what God has called you to do hmm. is to notice what bugs you. Hmm. There's there's people that can hear about an orphan, and it's like yeah whatever. There's orphans all over the world. And there's other people that just breaks their heart, hmm. right? There's there's people that can hear about poverty, and and they're like whatever. That's a big, too big a problem. We can't do anything. About. And there's other people that just breaks their heart, and they're going to do something about it. Hmm. And so I call it a sense of justice. Interesting. When, when we look at something like that, and we say that is not right. And, and, you know, it's not good enough for me to say that is not right. Joshua, you need to go do something about that. Right? Yes. Yeah. Which we're so good at. Yes, sure are. Yeah. But take it to the next level. Hmm. That is not right. What am I going to do about it? Hmm. Right. And, yeah. And then, I mean, you're on your way. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That's your first step. It's exactly right. And, yeah. Which yeah, I think there's a generation of of people looking to change the world, mm -hmm. but they, they don't know how, and they, they haven't put any legs to right, that. Right. Yeah. And I think they're watching to see what other people are doing to change the world mm. and then maybe try that too. Right. But it never works. Mm. It's, it's, it's never, you know, it's like reading a book on how to do something and you try to put it into practice and you find out, well, it didn't work the same for me. He did it. No. <laughs> right. And so you've got to really get it from God and it does, but it does come through that sense of justice, right? Because mm -hmm. that sense of justice will take you further than just knowing what's right and what's wrong. Interesting. Right? It'll it'll begin to show you what to do. And and then these stories come out of your life. I mean, we can all tell stories till the cows come home about the things that God has done, you know. Right. Um there's one one day my kids were, were probably in grade four, five, six, seven, right? We got thirty three kids, right? They're going to school public school and they come home on a pickup truck it's called a song tail which means two rows which the kids sit in the back of this pickup and had one little girl her name is Jaroni and they would come by our house and then the bullies on the on the pickup truck wouldn't let her get off and mm -hmm. so then she would go they would go another two bus stops or whatever and then they would let her get off and she'd have to walk home mm -hmm. and um I didn't know that was going on until one of the kids told me he said you know dad that they're they're bullying her you know so next day I'm out there watching, you know, for the truck to come by. And sure enough, the, uh, the, she doesn't get off. And I've got this old 750 Suzuki that I put together out of parts from Chinatown. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and I jumped on that thing and went tearing up the road, you know, gravel flying in her. You got to do yeah. that for the sake of the other kids. Right? For sure. This is pretty important. <laughs> <laughs> that's not for you. That's for them. <laughs> and tear up the road and cut that pickup truck off and stop right in front of him and just slam my hand on his hood and go back and talk to the driver. And I said, if ever you go by this house again and my little girl doesn't get off, I said, you're in big trouble. 
Hmm. You know, I don't know what, <laughs> what kind of trouble. <laughs> and then I went around to the back and I said, come on, honey, you know, I'll give you a ride home. And then I talked to those little boys and said, you want me to break your arms off and hit you over the head with a soggy end? <laughs> like, in there, I mean, I'm a white guy. Right. Right. And they're scared already. Yeah. Like they would never even talk to you normally. And here's this guy just thrashing them, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and, like, and, and, but, it, but it does more than just get her off the bus tomorrow. Right. It changes the whole attitude of the house mm-hmm. because everybody knows dad's got my back. Right. Right. And yeah. so I've gone to school over the things of face down principles over the things of the length of the skirt on my daughters and over the width of the pleats sometimes the pleats have to be one inch wide not one and a quarter inch wide hmm. like just you know and the length of their hair and wow <laughs> they all have black hair yeah but the teacher can tell if they dyed their hair blacker and they get kicked out of school interesting yeah oh well, yeah <laughs> it's a very you submit to me i'm big you're little interesting yeah and so raising kids in that is a lot of fun and when hmm. they see that you got your back their back like you're doing something for their good you're not just bullying them and not, you know yeah. Not oppressing them. They, they really respond well, of course, right? Yeah. And so um, you become the hero until, you know, they're 16, 17. And of you're course. The hero of course. Yeah. <laughs> and then by 24, you're the hero again. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I love um, that. So can you take that concept a little deeper for us in terms of like justice not just being a a compass that points us, but like, where, mm-hmm. where, where does that connect to the heart of God? Okay. Well, that's in that, in that story, you, you see that, right? That was unjust to be bullied, unjust for the driver not to take care of that situation. And so then what's my response in, in justice is I will straighten this thing out hmm. because it's not because I'm right and they're wrong. It's because what they're doing is wrong. Right. And I'm going to make it right. Yeah. And so, because again, you don't want it to come back on, this is me. I mean, I, I you don't do that to be somebody's hero, you know? Yeah. You, you do it to give them assurance mm-hmm. that the next time something like that happens, dad's got you as well. Right. Dad will go anywhere and do anything and talk to anybody. Okay. And, uh, and, and they're watching for that and they, they see that. Mm-hmm. Right? But so, so out of that comes not only um, you expressing and doing what's right Mm. but that also builds in their hearts and their minds the culture of what justice is Mm. otherwise because they get you know in school for example you get seven eight hours a day of this foolishness you know like really dumb stuff you know yeah in most schools and um i mean whatever the teachers got in their heart is basically the culture that they're projecting into the heart of the kids right Mm. and so you've got to be able to counteract that um, with especially concerning um, the gospel, right? And then the world, right? They're getting the world in school and you've got to give them the gospel with a lot less time to do it in. And and so you want to take every opportunity like that to build that culture hmm. because what the kids will do and what you and I do, we do it because of what we believe, not because of what we're told. Hmm. right we do it because we believe it's right to do that right. and so that's where the the depth of it really happens is it you change those things and what 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 does that is these stories hmm. so you know with with our kids we've got so many stories we just had a a daughter return to thailand <clears throat> she'd been gone 18 years went to 
Bible college in the States in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and uh, got married, has four beautiful daughters, mm -hmm. and but could never afford to come back. No families visited in 18 years. Well, just two weeks ago, they came back to Thailand, moved back to Thailand, her, mm -hmm. her husband, American guy. And um, they're going to get established in Thailand and work in the ministry and whatever. And, and sitting around the table, we had like four or five of our El Shaddai kids there, you know, and telling the stories about when they were little. And I mean, it's just, it's just so empowering. I mean, it's mm -hmm. hilarious for one thing, you know, all of the things that happened, but it's so empowering. And, and so you got this girl gone for 18 years. She comes back, she brings her daughters. One of them's a teenager, two of them are teenagers. And they're hearing these stories for the first time ever. Mm. Right. And that's, what's going to set them up for a successful life in Thailand. Right. Cause now they know what they're a part of. Mm. Right. They've heard the stories. They, they've heard what's important to the rest of us mm. and, and they'll, you know, now they, now they got some direction. Yeah. You know, they've got a compass now. Yeah. Um, because without that, yeah, you just get lost. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So those, those stories are just, they're, mm. they're so valuable. So it's key to, imparting culture from one generation yeah. to the next. Yeah. Yeah. And, and in that way too, I think justice imparts identity because mm -hmm. it, it writes the wrongs that culture right. has placed on, on children or yeah. young adults or teens or, and, and, and resets the standard in their life and saying, Hey, this is, is not just who you are, right. but who your father will be for you. Yes. And yes. so, so we get to, we get to model a kingdom culture mm -hmm. for, yeah. for kids that may not even have that in any other part so of true. their life. Yes. Yeah. And that, that, that process sets them up to do that for others. Otherwise it's a, mm -hmm. it's a short-term justice. That's right. Because right. because it's like okay my the the justice that I see is based on my comfortability because mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. right, right. I'll, I'll 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 express justice as long as there's a benefit to me mm -hmm. right yeah yeah which which isn't true justice right. and is yeah. is short term has little fruit yeah and will have no lasting impact in mm -hmm. people's lives because it was like okay that like even the heart posture of okay, I'm your dad and I'll protect you mm -hmm. is much different than, oh, I see, I see something on the street. I call out to them. I'm like, Hey, you know, let her, let her off, let her off the truck. Right. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. that doesn't do anything Yeah, yeah. because it, it, I have no relation to your daughter. Mm -hmm. And then those guys are like, who's this random guy? Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing. And, and it, it has to be, come from the area of responsibility, actually mm. the, your area of authority mm. is what it is. And so you, you act like that in every situation or, or opportunity, every circumstance, and people will catch, they'll catch that so much faster and so much deeper than you telling them mm. or teaching them. Right. So we do in the Bible college, we do, um, Early morning exercise, 5.30 in the morning, exercise and devotions and all that kind of stuff. Then we have chapel, hmm. uh, which is half an hour of worship every day, half an hour of preaching. Students preach and preach and preach and preach. Hmm. And then three hours of class. And then in the afternoon, we have what we call mentor groups. And so you can choose. It's kind of what, what which one that you, you want. You can go into the worship stream or the media stream or the children's ministry stream or 
The one that I do is the construction. <laughs> we call it applied leadership. Brilliant. You know, apply paint. You know, yeah. Apply nuts and bolts. Yeah. And um, and so we'll take on some huge projects. You know, mm. one year we built a sawmill. Another year we used the sawmill to cut wood to build a coffee shop. Mm. And, um, you know, so teach the students how to weld. Our students in all of our countries know how to weld and they're making their own, like, bunk beds for their Bible schools and their orphanages and that kind of stuff. Eh? Mm. So it's really cool to be able to, to do that. But, but you get that by doing it together. Mm. Um, you can't, you can't teach that and have somebody pick it up. You right. have to, so what you teach in class, you have to do. Mm. And we also take, take the students to the jungle for two weeks mm. every year. And we'll spend two weeks ministering in villages, sleeping by a river in a tent that we made cooking over an open fire and um just it's it's kind of like a camping trip which people don't do that there they're like this is weird yeah we have perfectly good houses in the village why don't you go stay there it was, no it's all about the camaraderie mm. and and getting to spend jungle time mm. that that basically means no devices right? amazing <laughs> which the problem now is there is a cell signal in every area of every jungle in thailand wow Hundred percent coverage. <laughs> it's just crazy. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, but the idea being that we get <clears throat> to spend that time uninterrupted hmm. with the people that we're mentoring, and uh, and it really produces a lot. They've, there's so many stories come out of that. You know, like things that have happened, the things that we've done, and you know, close calls with snakes and scorpions and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, but but that that's what builds the family, right? Right. If you you can't. You can't build a family if you don't have that story, those stories, and you won't have those stories unless you do things together. Hmm. And so that's the importance of doing things together. Somehow, some way, you've got to do things together. Hmm. And, and I think, I mean, you know, I mean, the other option would be for us to run it as an organization where we just delegate, you know, find the find the right employees to do the job and look after this and look after that. And look yeah. After, but you haven't built a culture. Yeah. You know, the people might see you as the president. Yeah. Or whatever, but they won't build yeah. a culture. Well, and I think your level of investment often dictates um, the size of people that you build in your culture because right. you say, "Well, I'm committed to you," mm -hmm. and and I, I'm not just I don't just say I'm committed. I act committed. I right. show up committed. Right. I, I I demonstrate what commitment is. Like you said, you said um, uh, one of the first things you said in the podcast was that you there's not a long term or short term right. missions. There's a right. permanency, yeah. And I think yeah. the permanency provides a security for sure, for sure it does. And that's interesting because people don't expect that hmm. looking from the outside. I mean, my kids know. I mean, I'm messaging back and forth all the time with my kids in Thailand too, like adopted ones and the natural born ones. And, you know, yeah. like it just goes on and on. We got grandkids there now. And so they're sending me goofy pictures and, mm. uh, you know, and that's all a lot of fun. I mean, and you got, and people look at that and they've seen that a lot of times. Um, and they, they would say, you guys really are a family. Mm. I said, yeah, <laughs> we really are. And, and so we've got, you know, our red, our, our own natural born kids are all redheads. Mm. They were anyway when they were little. Yeah. And so we've got, we call them the red ants and the black ants, right? Because you got this, <laughs> <laughs> you got this mixture, right? And, um, and to see them 
operate together, do mm. things together, fight for each other. Um, mm. and, and people are actually astounded to see the level of relationship that mm. these kids have with one another. Mm. Now, so many of them now have uh, schools mm. because, they're, because of their English ability. Mm. They're able to start these schools. Like there's, I think there's six schools in our city. Wow. Owned by different ones of our kids, that kind of thing. And um, and they're all helping each other and all working with each other. And it's just mm-hmm. absolutely amazing, you know. And people are blown away by that. Mm-hmm. But but that's not something that we told them to do. Right. Right? You, yeah. It doesn't work that way. Yeah. You've got to be that committed as a mom and dad. Mm-hmm. And then it just flows, right? It just follows. So, yeah. Interesting. Anyway, yeah. The family thing is very powerful. Yeah. So, so how does... Because a lot of people talk about sonship and apostolic ministry how does that actually tie into family though it i would say there's no difference um i think that's one of the big things that god taught us was that when you bring these kids in you're basically adopting them into your family Mm. And, and like i say we had legal custody of these kids we were able to bring nearly all of them, I think, to Canada at one point for some education or Bible college or something, right? Right. And, um, and so to, to, to do that, you have to have a real heart of a father mm-hmm. for them. And then when you extend that into the ministry, you've got guys that have feel like you have a real father's heart for them. I was just in Pakistan, me and, and my youngest Thai son, Suwang, who's the pastor of the Victory Church in Sirachap, Thailand. Him and I went to Pakistan together for 10 days. A very interesting place because there, there are people going in, in and out of Pakistan doing evangelism and, and, you know, whatever, television ministry and stuff like that. And, that it, and that's good. But the actual apostolic thing, when, when we get together with the leaders in Pakistan, w- one thing that's interesting is we started that ministry in 20... I don't know. We just had the 25th anniversary. <laughs> so whatever that was. <laughs> okay. So... <clears throat> So <clears throat> the apostolic leader there, Peter, Jamshed Peter is his name. And um, like I said, his young man comes to Bible school. We go back to Pakistan with him, start doing, you know, whatever conferences and stuff and gathering people and sh- sharing vision. And now he's got 29 churches planted in there, planting in another 10 areas right now. And the leaders that were with him in the very beginning are still with him today. And they just keep adding more and more and more. Mm. And to me, that's one of the greatest signs, indicators that there's a family. Mm. See, if if I come into the ministry and work in a certain position and see it as a stepping stone or a step in my career or whatever, I'm not a son, mm. right? I'm a hireling. But But if you got guys that'll stick together through thick and thin, these guys sacrifice together. Mm. I mean, the thing is, nobody gets paid anything. You know, <laughs> yeah. Like there's no financial support going there. You know, mm. and so so they've they've got to fight tooth and nail. Mm. And the difference between when I go in there and other missionaries go in there is, I don't take money in and pay for the conference. Mm. They pay for it. Wow. Yeah, they do. They do it all. I mean, I don't have a resource to do that with. You know, sometimes you do, but most time you don't. And so you go in there, and, and they, these guys have put this conference together. And we always have like a leadership meeting and the guys, the pastors will share prophetic words that I'd given them, you know, 15 years ago or whatever. Hmm. And, and this is what came out of it, hmm. right? This is, this is what the church looks like now. 
and uh, the, the one that you prophesied 15 years ago. And boy, I tell you what, you think about that. Like, where do you find that? You know, that you've got that father-son relationship where, where every time you go there, they're just, they're saying, this is what's happened, this is what's happened, this is what's happened, and it's a result of the relationship. It's not a result of money, because there was none. Right. <laughs> yeah. And so, so money's a big tell, tell, right? Like, it really reveals a lot. Hmm. Um, so if they won't do it without money, then hmm. they'll do it with money, but they'll be hirelings. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, we've got, you know, 40 years of experience in, in how to make that work. Hmm. So, and one of the very unique things about it is that all of those churches in Pakistan or any of our churches, we've got a hundred and some churches in Asia, um, they all tithe to their national headquarters. Hmm right off of the church giving like we do that in canada as well too there's a tithe right yeah and then from the national headquarters they tithe to the victory asia platform hmm. in thailand and that's how we put on the leadership summits we help them fly some of the guys in we'll pay half their airfare or whatever you know that kind of thing yeah and and so i always say it's like this if if you want to have god in the ministry the money flows up hmm. the blessing flows down and so many times we get it the wrong way. Yeah. We want the money to flow down. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. it's true. If the money flows up, the blessing flows. Up. And we've, we've been able to do so much. And then out of that, of Victory Asia, we send our tithe to Victory Churches International. Because hmm. we want the blessing yeah. to flow down. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. Well, in, 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 in that, you acknowledge where your provision is. Yes. Yes, that's right. It, like it's the act of acknowledgement that, that my source is the Lord, yeah. because if if I need the money first, mm -hmm. again I'm acting as a hireling. Right, I'm right, acting yeah. I'm, even towards the Lord, like yeah. not just even a spiritual father. I'm I'm saying that that my obedience is predicated first on the provision, mm -hmm. rather than yeah, the demonstration yeah. that right. oh no, He is my provision. Right, that's right, and it's it's. It's not outcome based. Yeah. It's not. It's, it's right. again relational yeah. towards the Lord, and mm -hmm. so I, I think that one of the beautiful things in in the way that you've set it up is that not only is there the relational strength mm -hmm. between your people and in your family, but it also sets up a framework for the father mm -hmm. of like, oh, this is this is how you interact with dad. Yeah. This is this is how you you associate and relate to Father God. Mm -hmm. And in that in that way they have a lasting it's true relational strength. That's absolutely right. Yeah, if you took that out of it, you don't really have a relationship. No. Right? You've got to have that trust and that faith working uh, uh daily always in everything. And so yeah, and so that that works in the trust not only between the vertical, right? Between us and the Father, but horizontally as well between us and the rest of the family yeah uh, tremendous amount of trust and that that really is quite unique in a sense that you don't see it that 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 often that level of trust and that level of working together but um and, and like i say you can tell because the same guys that were with you in the beginning are still with you 20 years later 40 years later Right. Right. Yeah. So you can tell it was real. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and they've done nothing but sacrifice for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. So it's a beautiful, beautiful way to operate in faith. And, right. You know, 
justice out of sense of justice, where that takes you, what am I supposed to do about it? The call, you discover your call in that. And then you begin to put together uh, something that exercised under the gift that God's given you, you know, the mm-hmm. apostles and prophets, the evangelists, pastors and teachers. And let me say that when we went, when we started <clears throat> into church planting, mm-hmm. I mean, people around us there said, you're not a church planter. You, know, mm-hmm. you have an orphanage, right? You're, yeah. you're not, you'll never plant a church. Mm-hmm. Well, you're going to get that all the time, right? But, but the thing is, there's a gift in there that people don't see. Right. And, and so you begin to, to exercise that. And then you realize that there's a lot of gifts that are missing. Like, okay, so if I'm going to see a little bit of apostolic fruit in my ministry here, okay, as a father, in the aspect of a father, then who's going to be the prophet? Hmm. And I had to decide that, well, I'm going to be the prophet hmm. too until God sends a prophet. Hmm. You know, who's going to be the evangelist? Well, I'm going to be the evangelist until God sends more evangelists. Wow. Who's going to be the pastor, right? Like you're going to have to do that hmm. and and not be so specific about this is my calling, this is my gift, this is my lane, I'm going to run in it, mm. right? Jesus was anointed by the Holy Ghost. He went about doing good. Mm. <laughs> yeah. right? and, and David too, right? Yeah. David says, I have it in my heart. Talk to the prophet Nathan. I have it in my heart to build a house for God. Mm. And, and, and the word of God came back and he said, do whatever's in your heart. Mm. And that's what I do. I just do whatever's in my heart. That's following that sense of justice. Right. And then when David stepped out to do it, Nathan comes back and says, okay, now here's the here's the the details right here's exactly what's going to happen and you're like okay and and so many times we're looking for the step two details yes. before we've done step one step out in faith and do something right? yeah <laughs> so, <laughs> that's so real yeah it yeah. is it is yeah and everything works like that mm. you've got to step we've got to step out and do it you know mm. we have seven weeks in asia now yeah coming up soon okay. um youth missions for for asia would be doing Thailand, Cambodia, and Vietnam. It's going to be so exciting, so cool. Fantastic. And, um, you know, I mean, I had this idea, what can we do to sow back into Canada, our sending nation? Well, we see that the youth have challenges. People are worried about the youth. Where's our youth going? Okay, well, let's start something for youth. Mm. Seven weeks in Asia. So we do that. Well, you step out and do that. You don't know if it's going to work or not. Like, how are you going to talk a kid into joining a team to go to Asia? Like, it's yeah. the farthest thing from their mind, right? Absolutely. And uh, But you, you do it, and God moves in, and mm. yeah. So it's going to be great. We're we're just recruiting for this summer, Come July on. and August. Yeah, we've got three kids signed up so far. Love and, it. Uh, yeah, and and it's absolutely so life-changing. Like, mm. And it, what's interesting is you get 10 kids going on seven weeks in Asia, yeah. They spend seven weeks over the kids that don't even know each other, right? Yeah. They come back and they're friends for the rest of their lives. Come on. They're meeting together, getting together because they've got some culture right. that they understand that nobody else understands. Yeah. Right. It's really, yeah. yeah. Anyway, we no, can no, forever, George. That, that's great. <laughs> um, so kind of some final thoughts. If, if people, you know, have, have listened today, don't, don't necessarily know how to engage with the family aspect with the, you know, wh- where, where does one even begin to start with that? Boy, you're going to have to be willing to make some mistakes hmm. as far as the family thing goes, because, uh, I mean, you can learn all you can learn. There's some really good books and, you know, good advice, good preaching, good messages. Actually my own, uh, YouTube channel, Al Purvis has got a lot of good family stuff on it that we've, we're always dealing with that kind of stuff because it's the core of our ministry, right? Right. And um, 
And so you do that. You've got to see the importance of the family. It's it's God-ordained, yeah. right? God ordained the church and the family. Mm-hmm. That's what he ordained. And so you've got that that covering. You've got, and it's also not just a covering, it's a mandate, mm-hmm. right? That we are to raise our families yeah. and at, at whatever cost to our own personal whatever. I mean, you, you make you make a, a sacrifice for your family and the reward is so great that it's easier to sacrifice next time. Mm-hmm. Right? And it just builds builds on that. Um, you've got to get your family involved in the family vision. Understand what your family vision, what's your family called to do? If if your family is is indeed ordained by God, then there must be a vision, just like there is for the church. Mm-hmm. Right? In fact, it's the same vision. But anyway, yeah. Anyway, but as a family. So mm-hmm. our family, you know, was Terry and I and three little redheads in the beginning that went to Thailand. Mm-hmm. What was our family vision? Well, our family vision was to raise a a family, adopt kids and raise, raise this family and, uh, and around the, the gospel, the core of, of mm-hmm. Jesus, you know? And, and so that was in our kids so strong mm-hmm. that four years old, you know, our oldest daughter, we'd go by an airport and she'd get excited. One day we're going, you know, it's, <laughs> it's, okay. Cause he got that in there. And today she's 30, 40 or whatever, 40 some, I guess, and still just as excited right. and engaged in the, in, in what we're doing in Thailand. And she lives in Calgary, but just a, Tremendous supporter, you know, mm. and encourager. He comes to Thailand as often as she can, you know, with her, all of her kids and her husband. You know? Love it. Love <laughs> yeah. it. So, so that thing, and, and when you build that in your family, it never goes away. Mm. We did a, one of our leadership summits a few years ago on, on the theme, our 300 year plan. Yeah. Because I really wanted everybody to look 300 years ahead. Mm. It's easy to look just to the end of your life say okay and then what's my legacy whatever but 300 years from now what are you doing today that's going to make a difference 300 years from now mm-hmm. right or 500 whatever right yeah. just, i mean just get it out there right yeah. look beyond and and it's those things that are going to be imparted and still the culture that people are going to walk in and, and run in and yeah. never go away yeah i love that yeah i i i wish we had more time to delve into <laughs> that because that is one of my favorite subjects mm-hmm. but uh yeah Al, thank you so much for coming on today. Thank Thank you, you. Joshua. It's good. Yeah, it was was good. So if if people want to uh, follow you and your ministry and and what you're doing, where can they find you? Well, I think the best one is the YouTube, Al Purvis. Okay. Um, That's all there is to it. And um, otherwise, our website is victoryasia.com. Okay. And yeah, and that's about it. We've got a lot of stuff. I put a lot of stuff up on, on YouTube. Oh, there's Facebook stuff too, but Facebook is getting pretty lame these days. <laughs> I hear that. You know, I, I hear that. I'm thinking like, what is this worth it anymore? You know? <laughs> but um, but you know that that's that's the thing. But everything pretty well is based on the website. Okay. But also the VW Victory Worship, okay, and VictoryWorshipBand.com, okay, is a real good one. There's a lot of really good worship albums and stuff that's produced out of Thailand. Um, powerful stuff. And basically, I tell our worship group it works like this. When God gives a revelation to the leaders in the ministry and we're preaching it, you take that and you make that into songs mm-hmm. and then it'll have that impetus, you know, that power behind it. And so, yeah, there's some, some songs that have just ministered powerfully to people. And, and, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, we get feedback. One pastor over in Ontario said, I'm just sitting in my car crying my eyes out you know, because yeah. God's speaking to me through this song and, uh, and you know, that God's got something greater for me. And yeah, so there's a lot of really good, 
stuff on that. I really encourage people to do that. Wonderful. Yeah. Sounds good. Well, <laughs> thank you guys for joining us today. And uh, I'll, I'll make sure to link all of Al's stuff down in the description. And uh, yeah, we'll see you in the next one. <laughs>